It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Today, I kind of overbooked myself, to be honest. And I did it out of good intentions, of course, as always. But I had this moment thinking, why did I do this? Why did I think I could do all of this one day? And I know I will do it, but it's just a lot. And I, <laughs> I want to be honest because I feel like it's important to talk about those things. And that's kind of connected to the theme of this episode, which is a little bit of behind the scenes of how I do things, what I've been working on, something that I wanted to try in 2023, or at least the beginning of this year, unattached to the outcome. And also, I'm going to dig into a lot of personal feelings, perhaps do a little coaching on myself. As you might know, I studied well-being coaching, emotional well-being coaching specifically last year in 2022. And that's been a big passion of mine. I intend to make that a bigger part of my work. I started taking on more one-on-one private coaching clients to help them with their well-being in 2022 and also started doing group coaching. And I just find that incredibly fulfilling. And I often find myself coaching myself (laughs) too. It was interesting. Yesterday, I met with a new psychiatrist because I needed some guidance on some medication for my sleep disorder, which will not be much of the subject of today. And my psychologist, who I'm also seeing, referred me to this wonderful woman to talk about medication and what's the right choice for me, if I should be taking medication, et cetera. And through that process, getting to know this new psychiatrist, she asked me a question about something around control. I don't remember what the exact question was, actually, but I think she asked if I find myself being controlling. And I think there's a lot of negative connotations around the word controlling, at least there is for me. But Regardless of how she phrased it, my answer was that it's hard for me to think about controlling because I feel so self-aware that I'm able to catch myself when I'm feeling controlling. But then I wonder, is that in itself controlling? Is the fact that I'm trying to not control myself in itself controlling? That's a big part of my journey right now is to deeply understand myself. Perhaps that's going to be my lifelong mission. But now that I've uncovered some layers through therapy and through coaching others, which is an amazing way to learn about psychology, I've determined that I want to focus on the intrinsic motivation in life is finding the answers from within, looking less externally, less outside of myself, and just observing myself. But Try not to control it. And that's tricky. That's very hard. I think a lot of us get mixed messaging around this. In fact, the group coaching that I just finished half an hour ago within Beyond Measure, where I have really started focusing on group coaching as the big element of that private community, we were talking about social wellness and well-being and how it's a little hard to understand when we might be 
selfish because in a lot of ways, we need to understand ourselves and put ourselves first in order to understand others and to help others. And I've had it the other way around. I've focused so much on who I am in relation to others. So it's like I skipped a step and it's hard to return back to who I am. It's hard to do things that feel intrinsically good for me. Ooh, I like that name for the title of this episode. It's so interesting, starting with an idea and starting to talk about it. (laughs) Even that with this show, I often get caught up in what other people think of me. What do you think of me? Will people listen to my show? Will they abandon the show because they don't like me? And that reminds me of something else I learned in therapy last week. My wonderful psychologist said to me, that each of us put out our own unique smells and we are going to naturally attract and repel people. Some people are going to love the way we smell and some people are going to be repulsed by it. Maybe that's not what he said, but <laughs> these are my own words. They're going to be repelled by it. They're not going to like it. And we can't change the way that we smell. And I found myself in that session realizing that I have been trying to convince everybody that I smell good. Going with that metaphor, not literally. Although I try to pay a lot of attention to my body odor. I don't like to offend people on a physical level, of course. But even that we can't help. Today, part of this topic that I want to focus in on is struggling with my physical appearance too. And not just the way I smell literally or figuratively, but it's been tough. It's been a tough few years. And One thing I started working on in the past week since I recorded an episode for the show is uploading videos of these episodes to YouTube again. I took a long pause, mostly because I got overwhelmed. And then when Jason left the show and I was doing it all on my own, I just lost momentum and finally gained some back. I uploaded, I think, four episodes to the Wellevator This Might Get Uncomfortable YouTube channel, which is linked in the show notes at wellevator.com if you want to see the visuals. And I'm picking up where I left off, starting with an episode with Susan. I think it's Braxton. Her last name definitely starts with a B. It might not be Braxton, but it's Susan B. And she's talking about sexual relations. Then there's an episode uploaded with Brittany Darby, who I just absolutely adore and I've kept in touch with since then. So slowly gaining momentum, I think I'm limited to 10 videos a month, which is kind of annoying because I'd probably do one or multiple a day. I want to catch up so badly, but the software I'm using, I think, has a limit. And that might be good. I think I could be overly ambitious. So maybe knowing that I'm going to do a maximum of 10 will be helpful. Anyways, I went back to that video with Susan. That was the first one that I uploaded to the channel, I think over a year, maybe a year and a half it's been. And I saw the video of myself and I thought, wow, I actually like the way I look, but I don't like the way I look right now. In that video, I felt like my body was more slender and I have a lot of shame around gaining weight so much. And societally we do. And it's so frustrating because I'm going to jump ahead a lot here. Okay. First, well, round up that video. I had less gray hairs. Now I have more, although right now in this video, they're not showing as much as I thought. If I pull my hair back a certain way, they really show. And I feel like I'm a little neutral about my gray hairs, but at times 
I will feel nervous about them. The way my hair falls is actually, it's covered up when my hair's down or pulled up in certain ways. You can't even see them. I don't think people notice, but I know I have gray hairs. And as I've mentioned in many episodes, I know myself, this part of the uncovering process, the intrinsic side of things. I don't like dyeing my hair. I experimented with dyeing my hair a while ago. And I remember just detesting having to go in constantly to get the roots redone. I'm someone that gets my hair cut about twice a year maximum. Probably every nine months I get my hair cut. And my hair drives me nuts. My hair's down right now. You won't see this video for a while. If I stay on my pace of uploading 10 videos a month maximum, it's going to take me a while to catch up to this one, I think unless I find another system. But right now my hair's down for the first time and it's driving me nuts. I washed my hair and yet it didn't dry properly. So I feel like it looks greasy. In this moment, I'm terrified because I actually am prepping to go to a meeting and I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> like, Because I don't like the way my hair looks up or down and I just feel in complete panic. I used to love the way my hair looked down. And suddenly, I never want to wear my hair down. But I also feel shame wearing my hair up. I feel unattractive. That's what it, the core is. I feel unattractive as I'm getting older. I feel unattractive with my gray hair coming in. I feel unattractive with my body. I've probably gained between 20 and 30 pounds since the beginning of 2020. In 2019, I was one of the lowest weights of my whole adult life. And that was thanks to eating a vegan keto diet. And in 2020, I just started not wanting to eat vegan keto anymore. And I still don't want to because a lot of vegan keto foods don't satisfy me. They turn me off texturally and taste-wise. It's really challenging. And I wrote a whole cookbook on it. So I have access to a lot of things, but it's really hard because of the taste and texture, which I'm super sensitive to. So I started incorporating grains. I shifted my diet. And as a result, I gained the weight back. And that's okay. And I really want to be mindful of how I talk about weight. I'm going to be very honest with you. But this is not to buy into diet culture. This is actually part of me transitioning away from diet culture because I'm trying to be honest about where I'm at and I have spent most of my life consumed by diet culture. I've struggled with an eating disorder. I was raised to be incredibly concerned about my appearance and my weight. And it's hard to undo that. It really, really is. It's hard to focus inward. Now, what I would like to do on a logical level is just love myself regardless of how I look. Even saying that out loud to you feels amazing. I know I want that. I'm in alignment with that. But I'm still connected to the external, the validation. It's constant. It is so frustrating because I feel like it's almost impossible to get away from. Now that ties into something I want to talk about today, which is that my project that I wanted to focus more on in 2023 is starting back up with This Hits the Spot, which is a podcast that I was doing with Jason when he was part of Wellevator. And we did it mostly as a bonus for our Patreon supporters. 
we were looking for something that would add value to them and something that we would enjoy doing. And it didn't really get much external results. Jason didn't really seem to like doing it. I always felt like I was forcing him. I really enjoyed it, but it was a good amount of work. And so once Jason left the show, I paused with it. I think I might've done one episode by myself. And over the last few months, at least, I've been thinking a lot about how I miss doing product reviews. That was such a big part of my work with Eco Vegan Gal. And I love trying new things deeply. That's very intrinsic to me. In fact, I wrote up a list related to this. And I want to share with you the process because maybe this will help you too. So in my list, I have like, this hits the spot 2023. And I want to do season two of this hits the spot. But I wanted to make sure this is something sustainable that felt good intrinsically. So I started with a purpose. What is the point of me restarting the show? And this is all going to be connected to the appearance stuff, by the way. I'll connect that shortly if you're wondering, how did she transition away from her appearance to this show? There's a big connection. So the purpose is intrinsically, as I said, I enjoy talking about the things I enjoy. (laughs) So I'm a podcaster. I like talking. I like recommending things and I love it when people come to me asking for recommendations. I love it when people tell me that they're grateful for it. Perhaps that's the extrinsic, the external things. So there's a connection to the, I think extrinsic is a word. Is that right? Gosh, now I'm second guessing it. The external, I'll say to make it easier, is that it does help people who are trying to decide what they want to buy and what they want to try. Part of where I pause with something like this is it's a lot of work. So I'm trying to think about how can I make this a simple process, an easy one, one that I won't face a lot of resistance with. How can I stick to the intrinsic, which means that I'm not focused on external results? That is incredibly challenging for me too. I've spent the last 15 or so years learning about the business of content creation. And most people say that you need to focus on the external, which is how many people listen to your podcast, how many people watch your social media videos, how many people seem to care about what you're doing. We are encouraged as entrepreneurs and creative people in those fields to develop things that other people like But I think that's a mistake because what about what we want? What about what we like? What about brings us joy? That's ultimately what keeps us going. I've used the phrase, and I've heard many people say this, is because of you, I keep going. Because of your support, I keep going. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't keep going. I have found myself saying that a lot as a way to show gratitude towards someone like you, literally you listening to this episode. I could say, because of you, I keep going. But the truth is, deep down, I keep going because of myself. I enjoy podcasting so much. It's satisfying. (laughs) It hits the spot, just like this other podcast. It feels easy for me. It feels fun. And part of that is because I like the audio-only elements. And maybe the resistance I've had to uploading videos to YouTube is because it's focused on the appearance. It's a visual medium. So people are just listening to me. I feel incredibly confident about my voice. Sometimes I don't like the way I talk. I worry that it's too tangential, doesn't make sense. It goes on for too long. I'm not concise enough. 
that is an ongoing struggle that I'm trying to embrace because part of me, most of me, I should say, is tangential. I was talking about this in the group coaching session today. I'm not a concise person, and it's incredibly hard for me to be concise, which leads me to This Is The Spot, which I've always wanted to be a concise show. So that is hard. How do I make it short? I also thought it would be nice to post on social media, even though I have a lot of resistance, as I've talked about recently. I'm not using social media right now, still. In mid-January 2023, I have no social media apps installed on my phone. The only time I use social media is to check messages on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as I've mentioned recently, I'm no longer encouraging people to direct message me. If you want to get in touch with me, email is ultimately the best way unless you'd like to join Beyond Measure, the private community. That's the ultimate way to connect with me. And I will continue to remind you of that because Beyond Measure brings me the greatest joy. It brings me joy too as tied into this because the title Beyond Measure is recognizing our worth is beyond measure. It is not about external measurements of worth. It is not about how many people like something, how many people follow you. It's not even about what other people think of you. Beyond Measure is a group effort for each individual member to connect deeper with themselves, to lean into the self-trust and the confidence and the self-love and appreciation and work through these tough things I talk about every week on this show. We're doing it together and simultaneously individually. And I think it's interesting that I still yearn to post on social media but I don't want to see the external measurements at all. When I was posting on YouTube, I felt really uncomfortable because YouTube, the upload feature, I guess I could, now that I'm saying it aloud, on YouTube, there's an upload button. You click that and you enter in the title of your video, the description, you upload the file and the thumbnail if you want to use it, et cetera. Set it all up and then you press a button. And you could just leave from there. But then behind that and after, like when your video is done uploading, it shows this chart of all your videos and then right next to it, how many people have watched it, how many people gave it a thumbs up, and I think how many people have commented. YouTube, like most other social media platforms, is encouraging you to measure your results. And that sucks. Many years ago, I was struggling with the thumbs downs. And I did for a long time. That was a huge part, the reason why I just needed to step away from YouTube for the most part, because it felt like no matter what I did, I got a thumbs down. And it felt like there were certain people who every video I did, they would give me a thumbs down. And it crushed me. It hurt badly. And probably because I was focused on the external measurements. I don't think it'll ever go away. I wanted it to go away. I wanted to train myself, convince myself to no longer care about the thumbs down. But I don't know if I'm capable of that, truly. I mean that literally. I don't know if I'm capable to not care. It could be my life's work to not care. And I don't think that I want that to be my life's work. Instead, I want my life's work to parallel that, meaning to love myself despite feeling rejected. Part of my life's work. I'm not defining it by that. But that feels like my life's work because so far my life has been a bit of the opposite. And I got to put my hair up. (laughs) my hair, I'm just going to pause in this moment. I don't know if it's like sensory awareness, but I do not like the feeling of my hair down. I like the tightness of it up on my scalp. (laughs) 
It's really interesting. Like as I've been exploring neurodivergence, I'm thinking like, wow, that sensitivity, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Like if I am neurodivergent, why hasn't my hair bothered me in the past? Was I numb to it? This is a great example of how complex this feels. Or is it just that we change? Do some deep things change within us? So with this hits the spot, I would like to do things in two ways. One is to stick with the original format, which is an audio-only podcast. I want it to be about 10 minutes long with seven segments. I have themes written out, maybe eight as a bonus. And I would like to do weekly episodes, as I used to do, with a focus on my favorite drink of the week, snack, or sweet or savory snacks. And I guess a snack to me qualifies as like chips or sweet treats. And meals and ingredients that I've been using or making, including recipes, technology, like software, hardware, games. I don't play a ton of games, but maybe every once in a while there'll be one. Five, body care, including like supplements. I don't know if body care is quite the right word for that category, but somewhere around that. Six will be home. Seven will be books. As you know, if you've listened to this show, I read a ton. So it's going to be hard for me to narrow down one a week. And then if I don't have a book or if I have a movie or television show that I'm more excited to talk about, that'll be mentioned too. So maybe it's media. That could be a better term. And then the bonus category, the eighth category I might occasionally do is travel-related things, mostly when I'm traveling. So seven to eight themes a week contained in a 10-minute long episode. I love that. That brings me joy. That sounds exciting. The part that I find the resistance with, and this is where it ties into the appearance, is that I also yearn to do some social media. And maybe this is part of the practice because I'd like to create... 60-second video clips based on each segment. So there'll be a 60-second video clip of the drinks, the snacks, the meals, etc. And I'd like to post those on YouTube using the YouTube Shorts, TikTok, Amazon, because I will occasionally be using Amazon affiliate links, at least for now. My long-term hope is to find a platform outside of Amazon, but the reason that I've continued to use Amazon affiliate links on this podcast and a lot of my work is because that's where most people shop. That's the easiest place. So I'm trying to meet people where they are, even though ethically, I would rather not. And it's also complicated. You know, one option behind the scenes, by the way, is with affiliate links, which is where creators like myself can make commissions. If you go to the show notes at wellevator.com, there'll often be affiliate links mixed in to the episodes throughout the show notes and in the resource section, there'll be affiliate links. And that can help make money. Although to be fully transparent, if you buy something that's $10, I might make a dollar commission at most through Amazon. It depends on the platform. Whereas outside of Amazon, they might have a higher percentage, but I could do a whole episode about the disasters of affiliate marketing for me. It's not worth the effort in my experience. At least it has not been yet. Anyways, that's why I've been considering posting the short videos to Amazon. I love Amazon reviews. Whenever I shop on Amazon, I read the reviews and I like writing reviews as a result to give back. And I'd like to attach the video there. So I might post Instagram. I don't know. That hasn't, it's actually not on my plan right now to think about that. 
in this moment, I'm thinking, why not? Why haven't I considered posting to Instagram? I don't like Instagram as a whole, but I know that a lot of people like it and use it as their primary platform. So I'm going to put this down. I might make Instagram reels. This is where the hard part is. My parents. And it's especially hard today because I actually put effort into my appearance relative for me. This is where I want to continue being transparent. This is at no dig to myself on a deep, emotional, logical level. I love myself. I see my value. Ever want to speak poorly about myself. And I'm actually very triggered when other people speak poorly about themselves. So I want to acknowledge this to you that my honesty about how I feel about my parents reflects nothing on you. And I say that because when I hear other people talk poorly about themselves, I start feeling poorly about myself. So in general, I would never say these things, but I'm trying to be very transparent. This is healing for me. And if this feels uncomfortable to you in a deep way, please don't listen to this. I've already even said things like my weight is hard. I do not like the way my face looks right now with my current weight. I feel self-conscious about my neck. I have for years, actually, people pointed out, I have a roundness to my neck and people were concerned for a while that I had like a thyroid issue, but I, according to doctors, have no issues with my thyroid. But I have like a little neckline here. I guess it doesn't bother me that much. But my face right now, I don't like the way my face looks. And that sucks. It sucks. Like, I don't know how to change that, truly. Is it exposure therapy? Do I just keep looking at my face? And that's hard for me too, is I think in the past I've felt fine about how my face looks, especially when I put on makeup. And today I put on some makeup, but I did it very lightly. I used a light layer of foundation. I put on a little bit of blush and a little bit of bronzer. And then I put some eyeshadow on. And then later after I put my contacts in, I'm going to put on mascara. I do like the way my eyes look with mascara. I also put on lipstick, but I don't like the shade I got. So I always kind of like wipe it off and dull it down. (laughs) But right now, if you're watching the YouTube video, you could probably barely tell that I'm wearing makeup. That's how light it is. And I like that look. But it's frustrating because despite putting on makeup and even blow drying my hair, don't like the way I look. And I feel a bit panicked because I, after this episode, intend to record the first episode of season two of This Hits the Spot. That's my plan. Plan to wrap up this episode and go record that. And I'm nervous. I'm nervous that not only will I not be able to keep it to 10 minutes with seven segments, 60 seconds each, that's my aim, but I'm also nervous that I'm not going to like the way I look. And part of how I cope with not liking the way I look is I don't look in the mirror that often. And if I do, I look at very specific areas, but I don't like looking at myself as a whole. That's something I don't know how to fix. And by the way, I'm not asking for advice. This is something I can talk through with therapy if I'd like advice. Sometimes when I publicly share things like this, people will comment or message me and try to give me advice. And that's not helpful for me. And I don't mean that to reject your advice. It's just that I am constantly working and thinking through these things privately. And so what I share publicly is not a call for help. It's just a sharing. It's a therapeutic process to share and also to let you know if you're facing these things that you're not alone. And I've actually found through my well-being coaching training that giving advice to people is not always what they need. Some people just need to share. They want to feel heard. They want to be listened to. That's what I'm asking for right now. And 
people also can find the answers within themselves or through an expert. This is a huge thing I learned through the well-being coaching training I did is a coach is not an expert. That's not their role. At least, again, my training. Some trainees may say otherwise. There are different theories when it comes to coaching. But the way I was trained is your role is not to be an expert. Your role is to be there to help somebody draw the answers within themselves. And so when I say, I don't know what to do about accepting my appearance, I haven't found the answers within. I'm sure they're there. I just haven't found them yet. And it's, as I said, kind of my life's work to find those answers, to find that love. And this is part of the step forward is to focus on the intrinsic, the internal motivations for doing things. That's also a big part of coaching is helping people identify them. That's why I said I'm kind of coaching myself right now. And coaching you too and how we support others. I think a lot of us have been either trained or encouraged to give people advice. I certainly was. As I kind of mentioned before, I love giving advice. I love coaching. I love learning and becoming an expert. It's hard for me not to offer advice, but I've learned through my training to ask somebody first if that's what they want, whether I'm talking to a friend, any sort of loved one in my personal life, especially if I'm working with a client I hold back unless they ask me directly. And even when somebody asks me directly for advice, I try to help them find an answer within themselves first. And a lot of people resist that. I feel it's like kind of a quick fix to get external advice. But the reason it's motivating to do the intrinsic is that's where you get the more sustainable results. So it's hard for me today. I thought I'm going to put on some makeup and do my hair. And I'm going to sit down and record the first episode of season two of This Hits the Spot. And it's going to go great. And now sitting here, I'm looking at myself thinking, I don't feel confident. And when I don't feel confident, it's really hard for me to show up on camera. I guess I can do it in different settings. Like if it's for somebody else, I can show up confidently. When I'm coaching, I could care less about how I look. I want to look more neutral when I'm coaching somebody and leaning a little bit more towards not done up because I believe that the more down to earth I look while coaching, the more supportive it is for someone's well-being because it's not focusing on me. It's showing someone that I'm a real human being. And I think a lot of people want that. And that's how I feel showing up for this show, even though it's hard for me to look at myself on camera when I upload YouTube videos to the Wellevator YouTube channel. I can move through it to an extent because the show's theme is not about appearance. It's about the internal, not the external. And I would like that to be true with This Hits the Spot too. However, the downside is that when I upload to YouTube, TikTok, maybe Instagram, probably Amazon, I'm exposing myself to people who don't know me. And I'm terrified of criticism whether somebody leaves a mean comment or my worst case scenario, to be honest, is like if people I know see me and go, oh, wow, she's gained weight. Oh, wow. Look at all her gray hairs. I can't believe she hasn't dyed them. Oh, wow. Her face looks different. Oh, wow. Like she really let herself go. Like all of those awful things. And then I think back to what my therapist would say if I told him this. By the way, I don't know if I'll get around to talking about this in therapy because there's a lot to cover in therapy. And every week that I have a session, there's usually a priority. And ironically, this stuff is not 
usually on my mind. I don't know if ironic is the right word, but I guess that's a good news. Like I don't usually think to bring this stuff to therapy because I have other things I want to explore. But I would be interested in what my therapist would say. So I would take a guess. Is it be along the lines of that your smell is not for everyone? What would it be like? This is something I could ask in a coaching session. If you had come to me and said these same things, what would I say to you? Well, in this moment, I wonder what would it be like if you did accept that not everybody is going to like the way your appearance is? What if you could accept that there are people who will not like the way you look? Something like that. I don't know if that would be the exact question. But that's something I want to ask myself. And I realized in last week's therapy session that I am trying to be appealing to the masses. And I think this is part of my core challenge with social media is that social media kind of trains us to care a lot about what the masses say and not about what the small group of loving, caring people feel about us. And that was actually a big reason I created Beyond Measure is I felt like I could create this small community of caring, loving people, and we could all tune out the people that are not loving and caring to us, not loving and accepting. And over the years, even within Beyond Measure, it's naturally weeded people out. It's kind of been an interesting journey. A good amount of people have tried out Beyond Measure, maybe yourself included, and realized it wasn't for them. And now Beyond Measure has gone through many evolutions, and it's frustrating for me because I wish like everybody could see the current iteration, but I've let go of the desire to control how they perceive something like that. It's hard because I'm yearning for everybody to accept me. I have a core wound around that. I feel deeply unsafe when people reject me. I feel like I did something wrong. And that's a big obstacle. So given that right now I don't feel confident in myself, I wonder, wow, if I don't feel that, how could anyone outside of me feel that about me? But that's not always true. Oftentimes people love us in ways that we don't love ourselves. They see things about us that we don't see about ourselves. So I guess another coaching therapeutic question to ask is, what if you could move forward with something despite not feeling confident, despite not loving it about yourself, in the chance that somebody else will love you for it? And then I wonder, like, is that an intrinsic or extrinsic thing? I mean, if I'm posting on social media, is it always about the external? Is whenever we show up for people publicly, is that an external thing? It's tricky. I mean, asking myself, exploring these questions is hard. But if I come back around, like, why would I post on those platforms? Am I trying to get people to like me and give me validation? No, because I don't want to look at that. I don't like either results. I might get a high if I happen to have a viral video, but I've also had enough viral videos to know they don't have a long-term impact on me. It doesn't really matter. I've had several videos hit over a million views and get thousands of comments and grow my following, all that stuff, but it doesn't matter. So if that doesn't matter, why would you continue to do it? And I think that's what's hard about social media posting right now is that we're told over and over again that that's what matters. But if it's done for creative expression, that's a different thing. If it's done as an outlet, given I really like to talk and I like to share and I find deep joy in telling people about things I love, 
that's the motivation there. So then I started to think, if a big obstacle for me is my appearance, because actually today was a good exercise, because I thought for sure that if I put on makeup and did my hair, I would feel confident, and then discovered I still don't feel confident despite having done my hair and makeup. That's showing me that the hair and makeup do not really impact my confidence. <laughs> Maybe slightly. Part of the reason, by the way, I put did my hair and makeup today is I, I'm going to have an in-person meeting with somebody. And I have respect for them. It's a professional setting. So I'm going to dress professionally. And part of that dressing professionally, in my opinion, is having my hair clean and brushed and all that. Right now, I need to figure out what to do about the fact that it looks greasy still which is really frustrating. But anyways, that's aside from the fact I did some makeup in my hair so I could show up with confidence in the physical sense. And that's easier because I'm not looking at myself. The theory of makeup and hair gives me confidence. I think what was hard today is when I sat down in front of the camera and still didn't like the way that I looked. That was frustrating, but also revealing because if that's not going to change then I might as well not spend my time and energy on hair and makeup. I might as well just show up. And I do such light makeup, it's probably not even that noticeable. So I might as well skip that step. As I've said many times, I don't really enjoy doing my hair and makeup anymore. It's super time consuming. And that drives me nuts because it's a precious asset. So what I'm getting at is hair and makeup done by myself do not impact my confidence And thus, how do I make social videos? Well, what if I don't show myself? That's the big question I'm toying with now. And then I feel the pressure creatively. With This Hits the Spot, I want it to be primarily about the audio. That is the main focus. And the videos, the short videos, are bonuses. And so because they're bonuses, I don't want to put in a lot of effort with it. So I was thinking that I could record some videos on my phone of just the product. I'll do a demo of what I mean, because this will be helpful for me. I have an empty container of this yogurt that I really like this brand. It's called Kulina. Tastes good, good texture, good ingredients, in my opinion. So if I were to share this and this is the spot, if I were doing just video only, I would hold it up and this would be so easy. If I make videos like that, I don't know if I will feel confident enough to post them if I'm so worried about how I look. If I could just change that, if it was easy for me to change that, my therapist might ask me that too. What if? I might get there. This could shift, but it's not there right now. And I'm trying to focus on what I have right now. So in theory, if I could accept the way that I look and just show up and hope that people will accept me no matter what I look like, and they're going to be focused on the product. The pros and the cons that I think people like to see facial expressions and all of that. Maybe people look past appearance. Maybe they don't care if I'm wearing makeup or what my hair looks like. They don't care about my face looking fuller and the fact that I'm aging and the fact that I have gray hair. Like maybe, but I'm uncomfortable with the possibility that they will judge my appearance. And that discomfort is a huge hindrance. I could alter my appearance through heavier makeup. I could spend a lot more time on my hair and makeup, but I'm not willing to do that. I could also edit. There's all sorts of filters out there. There's beauty filters, but that is against my ethics. I'm very clear. As tempting as that would be, ethically for me, my values 
I don't align with that because it feels fake. And my core is about authenticity and deep self-acceptance as I'm working really hard on. So it would be inauthentic of me to show up with a filter on my face, even though it would boost my confidence. I'd be pretending to look differently than how I actually look just to get approval. And that doesn't feel right. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't sympathize because I used to do that stuff. I mean, for years, if you go back through, especially on Eco Vegan Gal, oh my gosh, I think I stopped doing that on the at Whit Lauritsen account, which is my main account now. I don't know if I've ever edited those, maybe a little bit. But I used to really do that on Eco Vegan Gal. And I, I don't feel like shame. I don't regret it. That's where I was at the time. That's also been socially acceptable to edit photos of yourself. But it doesn't feel in alignment with my values. That's why I stopped. Okay, so the final option, and this is where I think I'm at. This is what I believe I'm going to do right after I finish this because I'm going to go from this recording into this hits the spot. And I think that I'm going to take out my phone and record a video against a plain white wall, which I don't love. (laughs) I think that I would like to find a different background, but I'm trying to work with, oh, I guess, you know what's funny? Sometimes you just have to change your perspective. Might turn around and record against this wonderful curtain that I now have as my background. I actually didn't think about that. That actually might look a lot nicer. Yeah, it does. And now the only thing I have to worry about is how my nails look. I'm not someone that does my nails. I keep them short. I just don't want any dirt under them. I mean, maybe I would paint them, but painting my nails, I really don't enjoy either because my nails always chip and then I have to spend the time to take the polish off. Just like my makeup and my hair, it is an effort I don't like putting into things. So I think what I'll try today is switching my setup, recording audio, but facing backwards against this curtain and showing the product. Even though it's only 60 seconds or so, I don't feel fully satisfied with that solution, but it is the best one I have in this moment. I went to film school and spent many years editing videos during film school, after film school professionally, and also through my content creation career. And there's a part of me that's like, no, but you need to have multiple angles and you need to show the product in action. It's like I want to make a commercial But in this moment, I want to keep this simple and I'm not making a commercial. I'm doing this intrinsically to tell somebody that I love a product and I'm not there yet with showing my face. I think part of the reason it's hard to say that is because I used to be so comfortable showing my face and I'm comparing myself to my old self, my previous self, who used to just show up on camera all the time confidently. I don't know why it felt easy but it's not anymore. And it's perhaps that's part of the resistance too is mourning who I used to be versus who I've been the last few years. And maybe the work is not trying to change that because I certainly could lose weight. And I think about that often. I mean, I have a history of eating disorder and a history of being immersed in diet culture. And every day I think maybe if I just do blank, I can lose weight. And maybe if I lose weight, I'll feel confident again. That feels like a solution. And several times a year, I go through phases of trying to lose weight, but it takes a long time. I think on my vegan keto journey, it probably took me a good six months or so until I felt excited about the way my body looked, the changes my body went through. And even then, let me tell you, even when I was at my lowest weight, 
even when people were complimenting me and saying all these things about my appearance, I was still editing photos, A, and B, I still didn't feel satisfied. And that's important information that losing weight is not the answer. Do I want to spend six months trying to lose weight? I mean, I'll be honest, this is part of why I gave the triggering warning. I'll be honest, it's January and six months from now is summer. And it sounds like, great, this is a perfect time to start. What if I just cut out this? Like, I could make those shifts. Our society encourages those things. But you know why that's hard? It's because I don't find joy. Do I want to spend 182 days cutting out the foods that I am intuitively eating? Because that's what I've been doing. Each day, I just eat whatever I feel like eating. When I go to the grocery store, I buy whatever I feel like buying within reason with my budget. Do I want to spend 182 days approximately denying myself the thing? I mean, that breaks my heart, just that phrase, denying myself. Do I want to deny myself? The answer I keep coming back to is no. I don't want to deny myself just to get external approval. But our society convinces us, and it's definitely convinced me, that it's more important to deny ourselves of something so that we can please others. And that's the habit I'm breaking. It's so hard. So hard. And I know that I can love myself in this body that I'm at. I know I can have it all. I can choose not to deny myself. I can choose to eat intuitively and move my body as much or as little as I'd like. In fact, I've been finding it easy to move my body. The average recommendation is 20 minutes of movement every day at most. I think you can. There's a statistic. I think it's 150 minutes a week. So if you divide by seven, that's 21 minutes. Okay. So the average, that makes sense. The average health recommendation is 20 minutes of movement a day. I can do that almost no problem. There are days where I don't want to do that. Usually I take a walk. Sometimes I use my supernatural game in the Oculus, but 20 minutes is fairly easy. I try to do 30 minutes of movement with getting my heart rate up each day. That feels a lot easier, actually, than denying myself of food pleasure because food brings me joy. And as I said, as much as I appreciate the vegan keto diet, I stand behind it. I'm glad I wrote that cookbook. I loved learning about it. It did work for me in a lot of great ways. But I don't want to always eat cauliflower rice. Sometimes I want to eat brown rice or white rice because I enjoy it. I love potatoes. Potatoes were one of the hardest things for me to stop eating. And there's all these alternatives that you can eat on the keto diet instead. You can even have that stuff in moderation, but the moderation was not enough. I love chocolate. You can still eat chocolate on the keto diet, but let me tell you, for me, the keto vegan chocolate out there is pretty abysmal. There's a couple exceptions, like Evolve chocolate, I think, probably makes the best in my experience. But most of them just don't work for me. And so missing the variety. I can go on and on about the lack of pleasure that I felt. So am I willing to discount my pleasure and joy for 180 days? In this moment, I feel a bit conflicted. Part of me goes, that's not so bad. That's not so long. Think of how great you'll feel. That's what we hear culturally, the messaging. Do I want to wait 180 days to show up on camera? No, I'm rearing to go with this hits the spot. So that brings me back to the current situation that I'm facing moments from now when I end this recording and I go record this hits the spot. 
I like to show up and not put pressure on myself. I like to focus on the joy of recording something that's intrinsically motivated. So you know what? I'm just going to go see what happens. I've processed a lot with you today. Thank you for listening and holding space for me. Normally, I would add, like, I hope this helped you too. I do hope that, but that's something else I've been trying to shift away from because I'm not doing this to please you. I want to find a balance between doing something for myself that also the bonus is that it helps other people. Because I think society focuses so much on doing things for other people. That's the whole point. I've spent so much of my life doing things for others first. And it's resulted in me feeling so conflicted and not great. I want to feel good. Who doesn't? Don't you want to feel good? Don't you want to feel in tune and confident and loving and accepting and full of joy? If that's what it comes down to, I hope that one day all of those things that's filled up with all of those emotions, I can show up on camera for social media without even paying attention, without any criticism. That is something I could try to work to, but I don't want that to be a big goal because sometimes trying too hard feels like I might try to fake it until I make it. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to fake confidence or self, deep self-acceptance. And I need to spend more time reflecting on all the ways that societal pressure has added up to me not feeling good and not to blame it. But I still think diet culture really has hurt a lot of us. So if you're feeling that way, no, you're not alone. If you're looking for support, couldn't recommend Beyond Measure enough because that's at the core of what we do. I'll link to it. By the time you hear this episode, there are elements of Beyond Measure that I'm starting to charge for for the first time. It's been completely free for years. But as we move closer to the third year of Beyond Measure, I'm finally adding a little bit of a paywall, but that's mostly for the coaching. Or that'll, I think, primarily, if not exclusively, be for coaching. Other elements of Beyond Measure, sending messages to me, chatting with people, posting, sharing, that I intend to keep for free. So I'd love to have you in there. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love for you to meet all of the amazing heart-centered people that are on a similar mission. They are people that align with so much of what has been said today. And I will link to that in the show notes at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. I will also link to This Hits the Spot once season two is out. I don't know if it'll be out before this show airs, but that's my aim. So we'll see. And there's a lot for me to determine, but the first step is recording. I'm going to go do that right now. And you'll hear my voice again as early as this Friday when a new episode comes out with a special guest. Wishing you all the very best with your own journey, your own processing, and appreciate you. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. 